Our first scripture comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 through chapter 4, verse 4. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 to 13. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 48. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for speaking to us this morning. We ask now that, that you would give us this great gift of listening that we would hear every word that comes from your mouth. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, if you've ever flown, you know that there's a moment on the flight uh, before you take off where the airline attendants stand in the middle aisle and they begin to talk. They begin to give you instructions. And they tell you to grab, it's kind of like a worship uh, folder-sized item that's tucked into the seat in front of you. Uh, they want you to follow along with it and they begin with some really basic stuff. Uh, how to fasten your seatbelt, where the bathroom is, how to turn the fan and the light on above you. But they also go over more complicated stuff. What to do in case of an emergency, where the emergency exits are, the doors, how to use your seat as a flotation device, uh, and of course the proper uh, order of operations if your oxygen mask should deploy. They ask you to listen really carefully, <laughs> but if you look around on the flight, you're going to see a variety of different responses to this time. There's one group of people uh, on, on the plane that are feigning interest. They've flown a bunch of times, uh, but they're polite, so they appreciate the cabin crew's got a tough job 
to do. And so it looks like they're listening. They nod at the appropriate times. Uh, they they uh, make eye contact too, but their mind is elsewhere. They're just you know thinking, this is not exactly for me. Uh, this is what they've got to do, so I'm here, but I don't need to pay attention. There's a second group of people that uh, just don't care at all. I mean, they're like, this is definitely not for me. This is newbie talk. They're flight veterans. Uh, they've got the noise-canceling headphones already. They're maybe talking over the flight attendants. Um, they're, you know, they're reading their own books. They're just totally ignoring it. Uh, th they know what's going on. But then there's a third group of people that are, like, super interested and eager to suck in everything that's being spoken. Uh, some of them are nervous flyers. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, this is essential to me because I might need this information in the next 10 minutes. Uh, but there's also people who it's maybe their first flight. They've never heard this before, so they're, they're interested and eager as well. Still others, they've flown a couple of times, but they appreciate the reminder. Every plane's a little different. Every flight's a bit different. So, you know, just best be prepared. Uh, when you sit down and you read the Bible or you listen to it being read, or you, you are hearing it preached, which of these three categories best describes you? Politely attentive, but largely disregarding it? I've, I've heard this before. Not listening at all? This is not for me. This might be for other people here, but it's not for me. Or is it, this is for me. I need this. I need to pay attention right now. Because how you envision what's happening when you're listening to the scriptures being read or being taught or preached, it changes the way you listen. And the Bible actually has a lot to say about what's happening when we listen to the word of God, uh, how we should respond to it, what faithful listening looks like. And it's all kind of based on this, this summary truth that's, that's taught over and over again in the scriptures that Christians throughout the centuries have believed to be true, and it's this. When the scriptures speak God speaks. When the scriptures speak, God is speaking. Why do we have so much Bible in our worship services, kind of spread throughout our entire uh, liturgical uh, movements, in, in the greeting, uh, in the confession, in the, in the words of assurance uh, to conclude with? Uh, why do we insist on reading the Bible together in home groups? Why do we often push the Bible reading plan that some of us are doing? Why in preaching are we so attentive to the text in front of us? Why should we take time on a Sunday to think together about the way we listen to the Bible? It's because when we listen to scripture, we're listening to God speak. And that should dramatically change the way you listen. Because if, if God's speaking, if he's speaking to you here today, now, right now, as the word's being read and taught, listening and listening attentively with eagerness, with faith, with prayer, with humility, it's essential. But, but if it's not God speaking, then who cares, right? If, if, if this is just stories, ideas from antiquity, feel free to tune it out. But if it's God speaking, we must not tune it out. We, we must not allow our minds to wander to trivial things. We should want to be good listeners. This is for me. This is important. I need to hear this. And so like last week, this is what we're going to do. This is how, how we'll divide the sermon. We'll divide it into three principles and three practices. So first, we'll go over three principles, three foundations about what the Bible is, what the scriptures are, and then we'll talk about three practices that naturally and necessarily build off of those foundations. And so the first principle, the first foundation about what the scriptures are is this. The Bible is God's word written. 
The Bible is God's word written. Uh, you'll notice that, that the texts and, and I will use these words interchangeably, the Bible, the scriptures, God's word, God's word written. And that's because when we read the Bible, we see these terms being used somewhat interchangeably with each other. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, Paul begins by reminding Timothy about his upbringing. Earlier in the letter, we didn't read it, but Paul is super enthusiastic about uh, Timothy's upbringing. Uh, he was saturated with the word of God in his home. His mother and his grandmother raised this boy up to treasure the Old Testament scriptures. If you look at verse 15, Paul refers to the sacred writings he's been acquainted with and taught since childhood. This is referring again to the written Old Testament, uh, the 39 books of the Old Testament. And then in verse 16, he describes what these writings are. The written scriptures, all of them, are breathed out by God and profitable to mature and grow its listeners in the Christian faith. Paul is saying the written scripture, which originally was written by the hand of, of a David or a Moses or an Isaiah, actually has God himself as the ultimate author. It, it proceeds from him. Every word that's written is from God. And in other places, uh, Peter, John, Paul, they'll make the, the same case for the New Testament writings, the 27 books and letters uh, of which 2 Timothy belongs. All of these, too, are properly referred to as scripture as well. So Paul is telling Timothy, whatever you're reading, whenever you find yourself listening to the scriptures, whether that's law or poetry or prophecy or a letter from an apostle like Paul, Timothy's actually hearing God's own words in written form. And this should make listening to the Bible a very weighty matter, a very distinct moment in our lives. What we're doing is we're not just discussing the opinions and ideas of ancient religious thinkers, their personal conceptions of what God was like. We're not reading simply uh, ancient history or a culturally conditioned rule book, which is interesting, informative, but otherwise irrelevant to us. Rather, the written word of God is God himself speaking to us. We are hearing God himself express himself, reveal himself to us. And so this is the first principle. Uh, the Bible is God's word written. But the second kind of builds off this idea, and it's also essential. And it's this. God still speaks by what he spoke. God still speaks by what he spoke. Uh, these two principles are, are, are sort of stolen or modified from the Anglican theologian John Stott. And this is what uh, John Stott was eager for the Church of Christ to believe when, whenever they read the Bible on their own or when, when they arrived to church and had it read or preached on. He wanted them to know the Bible is God's word written and God still speaks by what he spoke. And this is Paul's whole point in uh, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. The reason why the Bible is so completely profitable for us today, uh, the old scriptures which Timothy grew up with, the reason why they are still relevant in every aspect of his life is because they're God-breathed. They originate from God, and he still speaks by this word. God not only spoke to the Jewish people in Moses' day or, or the Ephesian Christians living in Paul's day. Listen, he still speaks to his people today. Look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Paul says, We also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it is, what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. And so this written word, uh, preached by Paul, read by Timothy's mother and grandmother, is a living and acting, uh, active word. It's at work in the hearts of those who listen. God is speaking to them today through what he's spoken. 
You see in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul charging Timothy to keep preaching the Bible, that, that through his preaching, God is speaking. When Timothy preaches the words of Scripture, this is what's happening. The church is listening to God himself, teaching, reproving, rebuking, exhorting them. Today, this is what's happening right now. God himself is speaking to you, his people, through what he has spoken. Again, what are we doing when we listen to scripture? We're hearing God speak. And that's because the Bible, what we have, the 66 books of the Bible, is God's word written. And God still speaks by what he spoke. The third principle for us is this. All the Bible points to Jesus. All the Bible points to Jesus. Now, this, this last principle might seem like it's a bit far afield, but I think it's important for us to talk about. Whenever God speaks in the Bible, the, the gospel or the good news about Jesus Christ, his person and work, is somewhere in view. When we listen to the Bible, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, we're listening to a story whose central figure the one who looms largest in the, in the background of the foreground of every section is Jesus himself. Even when the Bible seems to be telling just the story uh, of, of uh, an evil character in the Old Testament, or genealogy, or Jewish civil law, or purity rituals, it's ultimately pointing us to the good news of Jesus. Remember, Timothy, he grew up when the New Testament writings were still being written, still being circulated. And so he was raised with the Old Testament only. But look at verse 15. As Paul's writing about these sacred writings, that's the law, the prophets, the poets. He says, from childhood, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul's saying, Timothy, when you read you know, the seemingly endless genealogies, they're pointing you to Jesus. They're, they're pointing to the long-promised descendant and son of Eve, who would one day come to crush the head of the serpent. Timothy, when you read story after story of Israel's failed kings and leaders, it's pointing to you uh, the coming king of kings, Jesus, who, who will lead and rule his people perfectly and will never fail them. His reign will never end. The whole Bible, every story, every section, is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. This is, what, this is how Jesus understood the scriptures themselves. Look at Luke 24, verse 44. As he's teaching his disciples, he said, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. This is why this last foundation point is so important. We should listen to all of the Bible as a sweet word from our Father, because it's all ultimately pointing us to, drawing us to, showing our need for, or offering us hope in Jesus Christ. Of course, this is where like the airline analogy breaks apart, because when we listen to the scriptures, it's distinct from, from the airline attendants just trying to pass information on us, just trying to give us knowledge, whereas the Bible is drawing us into a relationship. The Bible is constantly wooing us and calling us into a renewed relationship with God the Father through his son Jesus. God speaks about Jesus the Savior all the time everywhere so that we can know him, so we can be in relationship with him. Do you hear him calling to you as you read and listen to the scriptures? Listen, this is what he's doing. He is inviting you to himself. Will you come? So what are we doing when we listen to the scriptures? We're hearing God speak. 
And, and we should listen well because of what the Bible is. These are our three foundations. It's God's word written. God still speaks by what he spoke, and it all points to Jesus. Again, this, this ought to mean something about the way that you read and listen to the Bible. The quality of your hearing uh, as you listen, it should grow out of these three principles. John Stott, uh, again, he tells a story, it might not be true, uh, of a traveling preacher going through airport security. This is another airline reference for you. Uh, as the guard is rummaging through this preacher's belongings, he comes across a small black box, and actually inside of this box is the preacher's Bible. The security guard you know, shakes it to his ear and asks, uh, what's inside of it? And the preacher replies, dynamite. Stott tells this story because of what the Bible is. It's not an old dry textbook of information uh, that, that is interesting but perhaps irrelevant, but rather it is the explosive, powerful, life-transforming voice of God himself speaking to us today. So what should that mean for your listening? What practices should we adopt uh, as we listen in reading and in preaching there, there are tons. There are lots of applications, implications, but we're only, we only have time for three. We're going to mention three. And so the three principles for our listening to God as he speaks in scriptures are these. First, we should listen obediently. We should listen obediently. Your listening to the Bible, your study of it, it benefits you only insofar as you obey what you've heard. The intended end of all faithful listening is obedience. The people on the plane, again, this is our last airline reference for today. The, the people on the plane who, who listened to the airline attendants but who refused to obey what they heard when the emergency happens, their listening actually did them no good. It was, it was all for naught. So for us, when we hear God's promises, they're not beneficial to us unless we believe them. When we hear God forbidding certain desires and deeds that they're destructive to us, uh, we, we must run away from them. When we hear God commanding us to live in a certain way, hearing it doesn't really do us any good unless we cheerfully uh, obey with the help of God's spirit. Listening, even lots of listening on its own is not a virtue in itself. Knowing the Bible really well doesn't really help apart from obedience. Paul tells Timothy in verses 16 through 17, scripture is profitable in not simply in its quantity merely, but in what it produces, training in righteousness, completing and equipping us for every good work. In 1 Thessalonians, in verse 12 there, Paul's encouraging them not just to hear what God's saying, but to walk in a manner worthy of God. Jesus also, he doesn't just open the minds of his disciples to what the scriptures teach about him so that they can hear interesting uh, information, they can know the Bible a little bit better, but so that they would do what the scriptures say, that they would repent of their sins, receive the forgiveness it promises, and then go and be witnesses to his resurrection, to spread this good news far and wide. Uh, in James chapter 1, verse 22 of his letter, he just states it much simpler than I did. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. This is one good reason why Christians really need each other. Uh, why we hope that everybody is involved in some way with a home group in our church. And that's because we don't just want to be hearers of the word, we want to be doers of the word. We want to help each other to apply, to obey everything that we've been taught on Sundays or in our own personal reading. We need each other in order to listen obediently. So that's the first principle, listen obediently. The second is that we should listen humbly. We should listen humbly. There's a kind of reading of the Bible 
or listening to it as it's being preached, where we stand in judgment over it. We pick and choose what parts uh, we like or don't like, uh, what parts we'll believe or not, what parts we'll obey or not obey. There's parts that we hear that are uncomfortable to us, and so we think, this probably doesn't mean what it seems to mean. It wouldn't. This is not faithful listening. Christian listening is not us standing in judgment over God's word, but rather standing underneath it, submitting ourselves to it humbly. When we listen, when you listen, are you open? Are you humble to what God is speaking to you? Or are you on guard? Uh, you know, do, do you read the Bible with your arms folded and crossed, warning God, you better not offend me in what you're about to say. You, you wouldn't want to offend me. Remember, this is God Almighty talking. As the scriptures speak, God is speaking. This is the Savior and the Redeemer of mankind, and he's condescending to offer you hope and life. We need to listen humbly whenever we come to the word because of this, because we're actually really tempted to imagine that we're like God, that we already know it all, that we are the final source of truth, that we know ourselves right from wrong, good from evil, and no one can teach us otherwise. And of course, this isn't just like a a modern problem. Uh, The ancients were tempted this way too. Look at uh, 2 Timothy 4 verses 3 through 4. Paul tells Timothy, continue to preach the word, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. He's saying people will will be so interested in hearing what they want to hear that they they will tune out the very gospel message that can save their never-dying souls and bring them back to God. So hear this, this warning and and other warnings in the scriptures about stopping our ears to truth, giving ourselves over to to false teachers and false um, uh, teachings that tell us what we want to hear, um, becoming hardened to God's truth. It's a warning that's written to you. It's written to us, not not, not just to other people. You will be tempted this way to, uh, to, uh, to allow sin to plug your ears, to harden your heart. This is a temptation that will face you. As one of my old pastors was fond of saying, this book will keep you from sin, and sin will keep you from this book. So friends, listen humbly. Keep watch over your heart as you're reading. You can expect some form of resistance to what God is speaking to you even today. And so repent. Ask for God's help. It's his good pleasure to help you. He wants you to come to him in humility. So So this is what we're to do. We're to listen obediently, listen humbly, and finally, we're to listen hungrily. Listen hungrily. We'll we'll end with this. Uh, Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy in Matthew 4, and and he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We're not to listen to God's word like like it's a plus addition to an otherwise full and satisfying life. We've got a lot of good, and this is just kind of bonus good. We're actually supposed to listen to approach God's word for what it is, the very source of our life and joy. Without God's words, Jesus is saying that that we'd starve. We might have bread, we might have food in the fridge, but we we would die without the food that truly sustains us, both spiritually and eternally. We would waste away without God speaking to us. Without God's words, we'd starve. So so we should listen like we're empty, like we're hungry. 
We should approach the Bible like it's a buffet that God is setting out for us, like God himself is a great host spreading a richly laid table for us to be fed and strengthened by. And so some of this might be a word to you about uh, Bible quantity, even though I, I said it doesn't benefit you merely on its own, but perhaps you're not eating very well. Uh, so can I encourage you to, to begin to read the Bible daily? We have a, a Bible reading plan that some of us are reading together. Begin to read, begin to eat, feed the food, uh, eat the food that is, that is um, given to you. But there's also this question uh, of how this works. Uh, how is it that, that God's words written on a page can strengthen and sustain us like food? How can verbal expressions, things that I'm preaching or things that you're listening to or reading in the Bible, uh, how can they give help in the real world, in real life, for, for us who are tired and bored and lonely, uh, people who are suffering and confused and purposeless? How can just words help in that? Well, there, there's several ways you could respond to that, but this is what I want us to pay attention to. In John chapter 1, uh, the author tells us that God's word actually didn't remain as words on a page or in the mouth of preachers, that the word in time became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is more than just a speaker of God's word, more than an encouraging voice for you. He is God's word living and breathing. And this word, this word from God became flesh. And on a cross, it was broken for you so that you could eat of it and live. On the cross, this word was pierced. It bled so that you could drink of it and finally be satisfied. So we're called to listen to this word made flesh and listen with a hunger, bringing all of our emptiness, all of our needs to him, to Jesus Christ, who is the word made flesh. Because as we come to him, Jesus says this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never first thirst. And so our series really has come full circle. Uh, we began by describing what are we doing when we worship? And really the answer given then is the same answer we can give to the question of what are we doing when we listen to the scripture? And this is what we said. As we listen to the scripture, as we worship, we are hearing God's invitation. We're responding faithfully. And then we're feasting together. So now may you listen well as God speaks to you in the pages of scripture. May all your listening make you wise for salvation in Christ Jesus. May God empower you to obey all that you hear. Filling you with his spirit to believe and to do all that he commands. May God give you the gift of humility. May you lay down your arms and receive with joy every word that your father is speaking to you. And may you bring all of your lack, all of your emptiness, all of your hunger and need to God and receive from Jesus Christ the bread of life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us in words that we can understand. God, thank you for, for teachers uh, through the ages who have helped to explain uh, your word when it is difficult and hard to understand. But Lord, we thank you for uh, your kindness to us. That you do not leave us hungry. You do not leave us guessing about what, we, what we're to believe or to obey, but rather you, you tell us plainly. God, we don't have to search endlessly for satisfaction uh, in the world and, and moving from one thing to the other because you promise uh, through your words, through the word made flesh, that we can finally have the life that we're longing for. So Lord, would you help us now to, to listen obediently 
and listen humbly and, and listen with a hunger as you speak. We pray all that in Christ's name. Amen.